0: hey hey pumpkin spice podcast listeners you know the drill another episode during spooky season this week we're showcasing alien versus predator whoever wins we lose you'll hear that a few more times in this episode you know what to do rate and review the podcast head to bill and rob's an excellent adventure for more head to vanderpump robs for even more support the podcasts however you can and listen to more bridgeburner podcasts at bridgeburner.page now on with today's episode
1: Welcome to Bill and Rob's, an excellent adventure. I'm Bill Tilly.
0: Hey, and I'm Rob Schulte. Bill, I said, "Hey," and I'm hey. Rob Schulte.
1: Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Robs, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm feeling great, better than ever, actually, because uh, we've reached the 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 convergence episodes, <laughs> the the comic book level of Predator. Movies Is that what you would call it?
1: I would call this the schoolyard fantasy level of this series where you (laughs) finally got the kid who's like all Predator and the kid that's all aliens. They're finally going to have it out under the jungle gym. And this is that movie.
0: Yep. Well, and as we all heard in our Predator 2 episode with Blay, uh, this, when you saw... The xenomorph skull at the end of Predator 2, your mind was blown.
1: Yeah, it exactly was. It's that dream moment where you look and you go, Did I just see what I think I just saw? And you did. And then you go, Oh, if only they'll actually follow through and make the movie that's so awesome in my head. And we got this. So, and
0: well, but also like how many years later? Almost a decade later? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, more than that. Way more. Oh, yeah. It's just that development hell of Hollywood. You wonder why these things don't get greenlit that fast, and then you get them, and then you think, "Uh uh-oh, this got greenlit way too fast. So (laughs) I don't know, Rob. I guess we just can't be satisfied. Is that what it is? I hope not.
0: Here's the thing, Bill. We're positive dudes making a positive podcast, and sometimes it's difficult. I'm just going
1: to put it out there. It is difficult, but it's also fun. Just like, I got a little bit of news here to share. I was, it's a little oh. since we're doing the Aliens versus Predator movie finally. I was walking through the store the other day and it struck me there are new alien and predator toys available for purchase at retail, at your local mm-hmm. big box store. I was taken aback by this.
0: So not like at a niche toy store or a comic book shop that you have to like order them specialty from a catalog Mm -hmm. nope this is like i could go to target yeah and pick this up
1: they're dead set right in the middle of the regular stuff right next to the star wars and the wrestling and all that other stuff and i was just floored and reminded about how it was such a stink when kenner first came out with Alien toys and it's like you made a toy out of a movie with this thing eating people's heads and ripping it <laughs> off an R-rated thing. And it's just, man, times have changed. And now we've come all the way back around. And they're sitting there. And I got to say, Rob, pretty neat. They're only like 10 or 11 bucks a piece. They're great big old toys with spangs and stuff. So the aliens come with their own little face huggers and jars. And the, the predators come with their little cannons on top. It's everything no. a kid needs to enact their space Beast killing fantasies right there on the floor of the living room. It's a great thing. I just loved seeing it.
0: Well, Bill, you you've sent me toys over the day, and and I have another thought after this. But over my uh, shoulder here, you can uh, and you you were in this room not too long ago. People I was. who saw the the video episode noticed it. But uh, I have one of the xenomorph alien toys just above my fingertips here, riding a dog. And what did, what did you say it looked like whenever you woke up from sleeping in this room?
1: It looks like the end of the never-ending story. If The never-ending story was done by H.R. Giger. <laughs> it, was, it was quite frightening. I really enjoyed that. It was great. I was like,
0: I that was on a different shelf, the one over here by the uh, the soundboard. And I was like, well, if Bill's inflatable mattress is going to be facing this, I must move this this tableau in front of Bill.
1: Yeah. Well, it was nice to see because I have a theory when it comes to gift giving, especially at Christmas, I think a lot of gifts should just be for fun. And that's the time you can give an adult a toy alien or a toy predator to place totally. on their shelf and just feel good about it. You know, you get enough pins and socks and all that other stuff the rest of the year. It's Open up that thing. You want to feel like a kid again. And now you can go to the store and you can do that and you can at least reenact a lot of your uh Well, I guess what then would have been your shocking R-rated alien (laughs) fantasies out right there in front of everybody. So good on you for making Predator and Alien toys, company of unnamed toy-making ability. (laughs) Now, Bill, a lot of
0: people know you as the card daddy. And, you know, trading cards, those, uh, I think, go hand-in-hand with toys and comic books. And it's all part of that same universe of collectibles and just fun Mm -hmm. but um, the majority of people who know you as the card daddy, I do not think they know that you are primarily, though, uh, the toy father.
1: (laughs) Because I I think you
0: have more toys than you have cards.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I've held on to a lot of stuff over the years. Not hoarder levels of stuff, but things have come and gone. But, you know, I grew up in a golden era. Plus, I grew up alone for the most part as a kid. So I kept a lot of my stuff, you know, and I just, my, I had one of those moms, I was like, keep your stuff nice. So I did, and then it would just get boxed away, and lo and behold, a lot of it got to come around until we live in this uh, nostalgia bomb oh. of uh, time that we're in now. So worse comes to worse, and, you know, the global economy crashes. I can be out there trading action figures for food, I guess. That helps probably Man. still be collecting as hard as some of these very middle-aged <laughs> <laughs> People do and spend large amounts of money I can't justify on these things. But, you know, that's the way that goes. But, yeah, I uh, I do have a few props we can do if we ever want to go into the stop motion business. Oh, I'm into it. I,
0: I, I get mesmerized by these stop motion tick tocks of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Bill, speaking of nostalgia bomb, we should probably talk about this nostalgia bomb of a movie that we both enjoyed watching and have a pleasant time talking about, which, of course, is Alien versus Predator. Bill, before we get into today's episode, I texted you about something not too long ago. You know, a lot of our movies this season are space-related. You know, stars... Loneliness, aliens, Earth. Is that the battleground? Who knows? We're trekking our way through, and I found this book, Star Trek Vulcan's Glory, ah. that, that was brought home to me by Mrs. Columbo. And I am really excited to read this. And since we are so space-themed, I thought maybe you could tell me a little bit about, like, Because you read a lot of these, right? Back in the day. Oh, very much. I was Can you give me like the quick pitch of like what this type of Star
1: Trek book is? What you've got there is the vaunted pocketbook series of Star Trek books. That was basically the books that got us Trek fans through the dark times of no Star Trek. And that would be in
0: between
1: in between Next Gen and TOS, but then also after that. They carried through after the movies. They were big all through the eighties. And through the 90s, that was your go-to for Star Trek fiction. And it ran the gamut of amazing to terrible to whatever you'd like to read about. They made a pocketbook about it. And the covers were excellent. You could go to Walden Books. It had its own section. Oh, An wow. entire section of all the books that they had in print at the time. So you could pick up anywhere from 30 to 40 at a time if you wanted to.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: And I would go to the bookstore on campus and buy one about every... Mm, couple of weeks or so and then i would churn through it and they just ran the gamut they wrote about they didn't really keep a what we would call canon so much back in the day but they were uh, a blast. canon blast i mm-hmm. love it,
0: bill let's see this is why i'm podcasting with you my friend
1: because you like our podcast to sound like an old dean martin celebrity roast <laughs> level of comedy well that's
0: oh my, i'm your man you know me Call Jeff Ross. Oh, wait, don't. (laughs) Bill, we should get into today's film, Alien versus Predator from 2004. Bill, could you read us the
1: mission briefing? I can. I'm punching in the access code to pull up this briefing right now. And it's coming onto the screen in green type. So (laughs) here we go. The iconic monsters from two of the scariest film franchises ever battle each other on Earth for the first time. The discovery of an ancient pyramid buried in Antarctica sends a team of scientists and adventurers to the frozen continent. There, they make an even more terrifying discovery. Two alien races engaged in the ultimate battle, and no matter who wins, we lose that
0: tagline when i read that again was burned into my like i remembered how burned it was into my into my brain in like the mid 2000s
1: like that it is a great line the tagline on a poster is in my view of the whole filmmaking process one of the most important indelible things in it because Maybe not so much now because you see a lot of stuff on the internet, but when you were at the movies and you Mm -hmm. saw the previews and they were up there, that, that was the, what we called in journalism, the nut graph that had to catch your attention. Yeah. And it told you basically everything you needed to know right there. This is going to be huge. They told us.
0: And it was, it made a lot of money. Like this was a successful weird movie. I, first of all, I loved it. Well, I really enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. Something I want to just keep coming back to before we even get into this is how much this movie actually reminded me of the first Predator movie. Elite Squad in an area they're not as familiar with, little quips here and there, and it was over the top in a way that made sense for the film it was in. I don't think it's... I mean, it isn't the first one, but it feels more like the first one than the second one did. Does that make sense?
1: It does. Oddly enough, though, after having watched it again last night, I kind of have a different take on it this time. I love this.
0: I mean, I'm, 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 I'm ready to surf this wave.
1: Well, we'll we'll talk more about that towards the end, I think, when we get to our sum up of the movie. But I think right now, before we can actually make that kind of call, we're going to need more facts about this movie. We're going to need a little more input. What we're going to need, Rob, is some military intelligence.
0: Something I found absolutely phenomenal, and I cannot believe that it took me doing some research after the film to actually make this connection. But Lance Henriksen, who plays Charles Wayland, is the same actor from Aliens who's the robot with the knife hand thing. Bishop. Bishop, yes. ID, tracker, Bishop. They didn't have to do that, you know, and they did.
1: No, they didn't have to. And I thought it was funny that he was in there a little bit because as the start of the movie, as it rolls in, it's like you see what looks like the alien queen come into view and it turns out to be a satellite and it says Wayland on it. And in these movies that are crossovers and callbacks, you know, there's that moment where you see the thing and like, Oh, you see that. And then you see, it says Wayland corporation goes down to a relay station, Wayland relay station on the side of the truck. It's like, they show you the word Wayland like 4,000 times in the first two and a half minutes of the movie. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, it's like, Hey, Wayland, you know, Wayland, you know, what that name that? from that other movie. That other movie you like that's, that's well, in Well, it's this like movie?
0: They, we weren't used to universe building.
1: <laughs> no, and they really hit you right in the face with it, right from the start. Yeah. Even at the point of when this movie starts, you see a flash of the creatures at the start of this movie. Oh, yeah. In oh, these yeah. movies where you don't see the creatures until way later in the, in the earlier movies in this franchise. But they're that like... That is... Cute. Coming out of the gate. Coming out of the gate with it.
0: Now, we should mention since we are in military intelligence but though that this was directed by paul anderson but Mm -hmm. paul ws
1: anderson Anderson.
0: and i gotta commend paul on the the attempt at practical effects in this more on that later because did you watch the version of this that was on my plex or did did you watch your version okay
1: no i watched your version
0: i found out that i own the unrated version Oh, So that opening scene, this military intelligence, is very important. The opening scene in like 1806 or whatever at the Mm -hmm. whaling camp, uh, not in the theatrical version.
1: Oh, that would make a big difference to the start of this movie.
0: Well, when you talk about seeing the creatures too, but also even if that scene is not in the movie, these creatures... When we do see them, we don't stop seeing.
1: No, we don't. But actually having that scene in the first part of the movie, which I didn't find particularly appealing, just because no, it did not much really,
0: it. Yeah, it didn't really seem to give context to anything.
1: Just and, that they've been here a while. Right. And, but that's which, a temple, right? right. Doesn't that which, tell you that? <laughs> which we kind of already know. And now knowing that that's the unrated version, that scene actually undermines, get it? Yeah. Kind of undermines the whole thing because... When they discover this thing later in the movie, they come back to it. It's like, well, we already know why it's there and what it's there for. There's really no mystery to it at all. Yeah. So I can see why they cut that out of the theatrical version. I would actually agree with that.
0: Apparently, the only other stuff that's like super different
1: is the digital blood. Yay. And maybe that's part of the reason why I found out under this segment that Ridley Scott, the director of Alien, does not like this series you don't say he is not a fan of it he thinks it's rather ridiculous and undercuts the entire franchise that he worked on
0: (laughs) this is uh ridley scott of uh,
1: ridley scott james cameron seems to be okay with it he's kind of like yeah it's fine who did the prometheus movies ridley scott did prometheus he came back to the fold for that yeah
0: so i think he's got his own can of worms to deal with there I'm Having sure not seen it, I know
1: there are controversies, so oh, yeah, he's well, a can of worms he's he's got his own batch of face huggers that he has to deal with. but here's <laughs> speaking of that because I'm really I'm really kind of blown away, Rob, you've caught me off balance oh, oh, by oh. knowing that 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 was the unrated version for that movie because I thought it made sense that what we were watching was the theatrical version because
0: well, and it's kind of a rule we like to watch the theatrical version
1: right. I didn't realize I owned this one no, no and Part I know that part of the the sliminess and the blood in this movie was one of the things that they wanted to cut out. And I found out that the aliens are covered in that meniscus fluid and it flows yes. out of them all the time. That The ones they built for this movie, they, they had basically uh, goo spewers built into these aliens that spit this stuff out for all the practical. And they couldn't turn them off. So in between takes, they would just put buckets under them. That and was my the nickname
0: in my first job. No.
1: No. Goose viewer. Well, that's next season's uh, theme of movies, (laughs) everybody. So be sure to like, share, subscribe, and support, and we'll get into those. That's true. But uh, my last piece for this section is uh, in a movie that is rife with trivia and love letters. These are the movies Arnold Schwarzenegger actually offered to do an end cameo for this movie. Really? He did, if he lost the gubernatorial election for California. And turns out he won. So, yeah. The governorship of California cost us Arnold in a alien versus predator crossover movie. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess it depends on how you feel about it. If you live in California, write in and Here's let us know. Thing.
0: Yeah, please do. We have many more episodes. We have to answer questions on now, Bill, like what that did get us was a bunch of really clever people wearing t-shirts that say the governator. Now. Yeah. I think that, that's a, that's a lot of intelligence, man. That's we need to get, we need to settle the score. All right. Let's settle this score. I have a feeling that our, we're going to have similar thoughts again, but Bill, please tell me your thoughts on the score.
1: It's fine. That's it's, kind very, of it's
0: very, it's very, if I were to say I need alien movie music or something set in 2004, this is exactly what that is.
1: Yeah, this score done by Harold Closser. and mm-hmm. his big claim to fame before, really not anything before, Alien vs. Prayer, that was big budget that I could find. He had done the movie The Day After Tomorrow. After this, he did 2012, but he also worked on Independence Day Resurgence. So he has a... Bit of a pedigree in this kind of movie, but all in all, it was fine. It was, it just bled into the background for me yeah. and it did its job. I didn't really notice it was there, but it left no indelible impression on me whatsoever. Wasn't necessarily a character in there. No, it was not. And some people will tell you, a lot of composers will say, you're not supposed to notice the score. I personally like to know that it's there, or at least the themes, but they didn't really use either theme for this movie. So heavy handed, which is weird in a movie that's full of callbacks and tributes. But I just don't want to
0: hear like large cymbals and drums only when a predator is punching something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, actually, that's why it's just fine. It's used as, like, an emphasis, not a, like,
1: flowing river. No, it just it carries along and it does its job, so it's fine.
0: Just like us. But, Bill, who's going to have him some fun?
1: (laughs) Oh, well... I wonder if we'll be in line on this one. So the thing that I thought had the most fun, if that doesn't give it away is scar. The predator, the main daily double daily predator. double. Is it? Yes. 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 Ring I that have bell. Scar, the cool predator. So finding out, which I had forgotten, I'd only watched this movie once before, quite some time ago, that the predators in this movie are adolescent predators. They're basically teenage angsty, Teenage predators.
0: mutant, ninja predators. <laughs>
1: Basically. So not only are their hormones raging, they are ready to fight. Yeah. They're that high school guy. And Scar, the the last predator standing out of this group of three, for the longest time on screen. He leans into it hard. He goes full superhero in this whole thing. He gets yes, he goes he gets to ninja kick these guys in the face. He has a cool shuriken flying disc blade that shoots through the air. He gets himself a sidekick in the form of the human star of this movie. He takes her under his wing. I mean, he just goes nuts on this thing and has a great time. And I think one of the things that really gets me about him is that he has so much fun. He doesn't realize that at one point, which we'll find out later in the movie, he gets a face hugger to the face. Yeah, which would make sense because that's what it's called and actually winds up with an alien inside. But he doesn't tell anybody he doesn't care. He doesn't do the whole kill me now before this thing gets out. He just keeps on trucking.
0: That's a question I have. You know what I mean? Like, because let's play out the the course of events. The facehugger jumps on him. Mm -hmm. And what happens between that and the giant Predator spaceship showing up?
1: Everything.
0: Everything, doesn't it? Happens. Like, at what? Because he like doesn't he rip his own face hugger off, or does she shoot it off? I don't rem-
1: No. Here's the thing about this movie, and we'll I'll just get to this early. This movie is a PG thirteen movie. Yes, even though we watched the
0: still pg-13 like throwing as much like weird cartoon blood as you want
1: this movie's weird there, every time there's a, like on-screen death and the other movies and predator movies they're known for their blood and guts and we see these things we expect them but they kidified this movie in a comic book video game way so all the yes. deaths are predominantly crash zoom on the face and you don't see it
0: cut and away that- and see the splatter
1: And if, if you see that, so when Scar gets the facehugger zooming at him, it just cuts away. That's right. And then
0: it's also like when you see the sword getting thrown at someone and then you just see it sticking in the ground. Yeah. So like you get the implied facehugger. So do you think they're trying to tell us maybe it didn't hug his face?
1: Yeah, I think they threw that in there and it's like, you're just going to forget about this or you just kind of assume, well, he lived. So you kind of assume he's killed it again, but you don't see it. Because he does the double mask takeoff, too, which is kind of a, a bit of a weird thing. They yeah. really work that kind of hard because they want to show him doing the, the... He takes the acid from the alien yep. and, and scars himself on the forehead. But, yeah, I mean, it's just... This whole movie's just cutaways and clips, and it's just well, weird.
0: let's... I've got thoughts on that, too, for when we get to debriefing as well. Yeah. I want to talk about Scar, why I chose him. And everything you said is is exactly on the money what I also think is fun is like this idea of a predator that at this point we actually can communicate with like it it, he does such a good job of like telling the story through gestures and we can talk about the predator design in this movie too I think in a little bit but like being able to like gesture and it not seem clunky or as clunky as it could be. I thought it was really cool. And then just, you know, some of the scenes that I could watch over and over again were pretty cool as well, which maybe we should just get to in playback time. Bill, I'm just going to jump off of it. One of my favorite, it's not the favorite, but since I was starting to talk about it, was when they do the alien weapon crafting. When Scar like turns that tail into a spear and the head into like an arm shield, that was so cool.
1: That is pretty rad for what it is on there. It's that's certainly the A T moment coming together yes. on screen. When and it's definitely
0: like, if you if someone goes, I think that movie looks stupid, but I like Predator movies and Alien movies. If you show a Predator like making armor, the oh maybe I will watch A V P.
1: It's probably the most hardcore part of the movie when you think about it. Yeah, you know, He makes a spear, a better spear out of the alien's tail. He, he does cut the head off of one and hand it to Lex and make an entire arm shield out of it, which is makes perfect sense because he points to it and shows that, like, you know, hey, the acid won't go through this because it's their own head. It doesn't eat yeah. them from the inside. So yeah. it's kind of genius. It's, it is a really cool moment. But that was one of my runner-ups. Bill, what what do you
0: have for this one? I'll tell you my, my top one in a sec. I want to see if we got another Daily Double today.
1: Maybe. So the,
0: uh, So the playback the time, show. like I said, this is the scene we could either watch over and over again or maybe uh, one we would try and sell the movie to someone on.
1: Yeah, and this would have been bad because up until this moment, I and this is basically at the very end of the movie, I didn't really have a playback time moment. I like yeah. this movie, but it hadn't made that kind of impression. And when I I watch this now waiting for that playback time, it's the one moment where I really concentrate on trying to find in the moment, everything, I take notes. And then I come back and answer these questions later, but that's one you kind of got to look for And I'm like, Oh man, I'm not going to find one. This is bad. And then at the very end, as scars laid out on his altar in the spaceship, we get the moment where the alien bursts out of his chest yeah looks to camera gets the cry and it's got a predator face on it and i'm like yes it's a total horror movie moment it's that movie that's that's right before the credits goes to black it makes the promise of another movie and this is how horrible and awesome it's going to be and then scene so i had to be like did i just see what i thought i (laughs) saw Did it have the mandible mount? Oh, God, it did. Oh, it was great. You know, I don't know
0: anything about AVP Requiem, AVPR, but apparently it's a heck of a lot darker, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, My playback time is probably, you know, I said the runner-up. Another one I really liked was, like you said it earlier, when Scar chops off the alien's head with the little, like, Danny Glover ring blade, but... I think getting trapped in the face hugger room is a really cool scene to like show people, you know, to be like, yeah, you, you remember aliens. Yeah. 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 This is a predator. Like, uh, you know, this is where they make aliens to hunt. Like just when those doors come down and the eggs pop up, it's just awesome.
1: Oh yeah. It is. It is bad. It is a foreboding moment or it's like, well, these people are all dead. Immediately. That
0: is like you there's, there's problems with this movie, including like how many characters are in there, especially maybe just for this scene, but it's a great scene to show. And you, you know, you would want to rent this if you were a blockbuster. And that was like on the coming attractions loop in the corner. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like it's great. I, I, Freaking loved it, but Bill, what else do we love? We love it. it we, we love the bloody moments, you know.
1: We love it when it's time to bleed.
0: What a pro! <laughs> <laughs> if only. Here's everybody. the thing. Here's the thing. We we each try and challenge each other on segues. Who can do it? And Bill, you are you are. You might be pulling the Segway crown from me.
1: No, no. I sit at the gory, slime-covered feet of the alien master of Segways. That's <laughs> Don't let him fool you, dear viewers. Rob says the podfather. He is the king. I am just a, a mere student in this. But, yes, this is the time when we look at what on-screen death made an impact on us and why. Good, bad, indifferent. How did we feel about this one particular moment? Yes. And Robs, you actually, without knowing it and why you're the king, set this up perfectly for me because uh, my time to bleed goes to, and I'll have to hope that I say this because they don't really say everybody's name on screen very well. At all. (laughs) No, it's the character of Adele Rousseau played by Uh Agatha de la Bollier. I hope that's Mm -hmm. how she says her name. She looks very much like Sting's sister if sting and dune had had a sister yes it just she more has, clothes yeah spiky blonde hair same kind of facial features just chiseled singing Amazing. if i ever because lose my with face. her look yeah exactly she well, she if i ever lose if i ever lose my face in here which she did her looks alone and her tasha yar setup make her in the film, when we see her, we're like, all right, she's going to be somebody. She is gonna be the she's gonna be the Vasquez of this movie. That was my total belief in this. And she is the first to die. She's the first to die. She's the first, she's the first taken out. And I felt so
0: it's cheated. It robs you of like what like you're like, if this happens
1: now. What else are they gonna do this movie? I know it just it took the wind out of me because I'm like, she's one of the few characters that grabbed my attention at the start of this movie. I'm like, I get it. She had a cool line, she's got a cool setup, she's got a cool look. I mean, she's totally gonna as this movie. Yeah. And Gosh, she me. is gone, just gone. And she squeezes off one shot at one face hugger and she is taken out and so and has
0: like the worst like bloodiness on it like it's so bad looking yeah yeah like insult to injury in that death scene
1: yeah it is she gets too many 1970s blood capsules that they ask her to bite (laughs) down on for her scene it's just it's wrong and i say bad on you for that movie and yeah bad on you paul anderson yeah all
0: paul anderson's who are directors you should all know better Man, Bill, can I? do you mind if I uh, share mine now?
1: Well, I hope you do, because otherwise this show's going to be far too short and everybody's going to want their money back.
0: Well, see, put the pitchforks down, everyone. It's going to be okay. Perhaps um, it's
1: just teasing. This is Put just, the,
0: the, the combi sticks down. I think that's what they're called, right?
1: Yeah, uh, this is just the pod play before yeah. we get to the main uh, event.
0: Did you know that the Predator
1: javelins are called like combi
0: sticks? No, I did not. Okay, well, now you've known. Mission briefing, military intelligence. Another thing to know is that Scar is not the only predator with a name. Another predator in this movie is named Chopper.
1: (laughs) Of course it is.
0: And Chopper is killed by an alien's tail through his back.
1: (sighs) Yes, he is.
0: And that was... It took me by surprise. I did not expect that. You know, it's in every trailer. It's what it is, but it is one of those classic scenes where, wow, this person's about to die by the hands of a predator. Oh, wait. Alien tail through the chest. It's, I mean, it's clockwork. It's it's by the numbers and still got me, and I loved it. And it is brutal.
1: It is oh, a brutal God, scene. It? Yeah. Yeah. He gets picked up off the ground and has to do the stare to the face of his killer moment. I mean, it is, it's hardcore. It's earlier in the movie and you think finally yeah. it's like, all right, things are picking up steam. And you're not exactly right. but.
0: And Bill, you say it's earlier in the movie and I think this is a good time to go into the debriefing. We get the alien and predator at the beginning. We talked about this. And then we get... And whether or not that is unrated, rated, whatever, we do not get an alien or a predator for at least 30 minutes, right? Right. Like, it's a long time of us, like, world-building something I don't think needs to be built. Am I too far off there? Like, I think we can we can get to this together and I don't think it has to be just you and me. I think we can like kind of just explore this because like, why, why do we need the scene of what's her name? The main character climbing Alex. the mountain just to Lex. know she's good in
1: ice. Like Alexa, name, right? Yeah. Alexa, they call her. Yeah, Lex. Yeah, yeah. Her name is Lex, but Lex woods woods. That's yeah. Really, yeah. I, I totally agree. And, uh, I would say I I think we're right in the same ballpark, Rob, because the way I would look at this, I think this is a good Predator alien monster movie with a bad human movie wedged in there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like it didn't need to be Freddy versus Jason versus
1: Ash. Exactly. It's totally repeats the Godzilla problem of you don't go to a Godzilla movie to listen to the humans talk about Godzilla. Yeah, there is no part of the of the, all the human interaction from the backup to bringing in Whalen to Lance Hendricks to all these people on this boat who we don't really know and quite honestly don't really care about. Yeah, none of them are stars and none of them have any relation to that movie other than and, him. And at this point, this is still a Predator franchise.
0: Yeah, this I, this is one thing I want to say way more of a Predator movie than an
1: alien movie.
0: So it fits very well into our series this year.
1: It, it really does, but it's just, we don't care about any of these people. They don't no. bring anything to the movie. And the thing that they that really started to irk me after a while is they're simply there to explain things that we already know or can figure out. If you are a fan of either of these franchises, you already get all the nods and the bells and the whistles that they're talking about. Sorry, but this is the first... Alien
0: or Predator movie, well, definitely the first. Pred- the internet exists and exists in a way that people are used to using it. So yes. if I hadn't seen previous movies, I could Google someone's Geocities page yeah, and know and read about Predator.
1: Yes, you could have gone to my www.angelfirebackslash yep. Predator. Someday we'll be podcasting with Rob about this.com <laughs> and done all this. 69 yeah exactly but um and if you aren't a fan of these movies you you understand what's happening you don't need to know anything before you watch this movie to watch this movie yeah it's it's all there it's you. hey there's a thing there's up in the ice they do this they show you the factory they show you the pyramid they show you the predators everything about this movie is supposed to be about these two aliens which in the early movies this is a team of humans against a hunter in Alien and Predator, you learn about that team and you root against them. Who are, I'll ask you this, Rob, who are you rooting for in this movie? Do you root for the humans or do you root for the monsters?
0: I have no idea because it isn't Alien versus Predator versus Human like the other allegory I made earlier. It's like the humans are our proxy in some weird way, but are also then we're supposed to. I don't know because there is a definite tone shift in this movie when you start you're starting to root for the predators, but you never root for the aliens, and you don't care about like any of the humans really.
1: No, you don't. And I find uh, the character of Lex. I don't like. I don't have anything against the actress, but it it falls into that thing, especially in early two thousands movies where she's jumping 20 foot chasms. They're all, she getting knocked against. She doesn't have all of the people in this too. She doesn't have a scratch on her when she comes out of this movie, except for her stamp that she gets on her face from her alien predator bestie. I mean, that's the only mark on this person in this whole movie. Everybody else dies. Of course, they die in weird face, zoomy ways, but the, the real telltale tale tale, go back to where i read the synopsis of this movie do they mention anything about a lead character by name one of the actors no no because there's no schwarzenegger there's no danny glover there's nothing to root for there's nothing to call back to and the fact that they didn't have any of that they don't promote the, the people in this movie it's like you don't need them if this movie had been arnold schwarzenegger and danny glover you couldn't have had Sigourney Weaver, canon-wise, because her character's in the future. Here's that would have been something to go against when you're like, "I get it now." Here's two. Here's the two survivors versus these two. Oh my god, what can happen?
0: I think it became very, very clear that this movie was going to make a profit, regardless of whatever the script was, mm-hmm. and that it was sold on name alone because this did come out after Freddy versus Jason. Right. Right. But, and that did kill her, And that's what everyone wanted. But alien versus predator had already been a comic book series. It had already been all of these other things. There is the hidden thing in predator two with the xenomorph skull in the suit and tie parlance of this. Why would they put a good script together or give any sort of shits about that? And about they, getting a lead actor that had any sort of anything any of these actors you know yeah
1: i agree totally because you can tell this whole thing is i mean it is a callback and a, i went to the IMDb, go to the imdb page for this movie read the trivia i had to stop reading i got so tired because it's so long i mean the callbacks in this movie are endless wow which is, Which is great. I mean, there's a million of them in there and they're fun because at this point in all of this kind of thing and in stories and movies, we have embraced the crossover. You know, these are the kind of we're fully in because we've seen the books we've seen. These are things we didn't have before. This was stuff you played on the playground was like, well, of course, Predator could beat the alien in this fight. But now we can watch it on a screen. But that's all we want to watch, which is probably why these comic books and I'm sure the video games are great because no humans you don't have to screw around with that kind of stuff. We literally want to see these two aliens beat the living crap out of each other and see what comes out of it. So I I I think they just they kind of mimicked what they felt they needed to have in the human element from the earlier movies you know, crack team, this and that, or, and they spliced it because you've got the, the mining team, which is like the Nostromo team. You've got the jungle team, which is the archaeologists. And it's like, yeah, we don't care about any of those. Yeah. We don't care about any of them.
0: Well, and here's what I'll say before we go into what we're actually going to, you know, rate this by at the end of the day, I have a lot of problems with this. We've talked about where it could have gone right and where it could have gone wrong, but I still really had fun with it. And it's like I gave up on trying to take it anywhere near like, like, okay, it's not the best, but it's keeping my attention and it's entertaining. And also on a side note, I had to keep reminding myself it did not take place in space or on a spaceship.
1: Because Very it true. has
0: extreme Jason X vibes.
1: It does. I'm with you. I had a good time watching it. I basically stopped caring at all about what the humans were doing and just kind of letting those slide by. But the one thing that perplexes me about this setting is, and it's well documented, that the aliens are hot jungle heat fighters. Mm -hmm. And they take this movie to Antarctica, which I get it. They were looking for an alien landscape, but it's like out of all the trivia and all the things they looked up for this movie, you really bumbled like the one thing. Is it either one of these aliens like? It feels
0: like they have that one flashback where there's like tribal stuff happening. Mm-hmm. But also like I'm lost on like was it always Antarctica at the poles or was it sometimes at a
1: temple somewhere else? Well know? the story says it takes place all over the earth, but this thing is under the I mean, it's under the ice, and yet yeah, like so. Those
0: there. other examples were like in Val Verde,
1: yeah, not necessarily <laughs> at Antarctica. Apparently, the Antarctic was the Val Verde of these people from before. Yeah. They just would travel to there and get get their chest exploded, so that these guys could hunt. I mean, it's a it's a really weird, okay, weird choice. Okay. And sometimes yeah. I think they I did it that then just i think they did it just so it would kind of look sort of exotic even though of course they didn't they filmed it in prague they didn't film it in antarctica but yeah they wanted an alien looking environment and they just picked a weird one instead of picking this is actually a thing where i'm like it would have made a lot more sense in the jungle again
0: yeah just a put it time. in the jungle again uh bill what are we going to rate this by <laughs> late fees Bill's, Bill's rating system.
1: Yes, this is uh, this is where I uh, and freely admit we're using this formula that other people have done before us. But hey, it works, so why mess with Ding. it? Each one of these is specific to the movie we watched. They are not related to other movies. They don't cross over. So this is where I pick something out of the movie, and I ask Rob and myself, how many of these things would I give up in order to Keep a hold of this movie for one more day past the day we've rented it and watch it again. And for Alien versus Predator, what I have picked is a fun little object. And it's an object that is actually I have picked in honor of our previous guest, Aaron Blayhart from our Predator 2 mm-hmm. podcast. And Aaron had fallen in love with the flying disc
0: yes, in Predator yes, 2. He did.
1: Well, in Alien versus Predator. We don't get a flying disc. We get upgraded to a flying disc shuriken. Yes. Which is really, it's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a nice half ninja, half crawl type of thing going on yeah. here. Yeah. And when it popped on screen, it caught my attention immediately. And I'm thinking that would be a fun thing to have. So Rob, how many predator flying alien disc shurikens would you give up in order to hang on to the VHS of this movie for one more day and watch it again on a scale of one to five.
0: I think I'm going to have to give this a solid 2.5 disc shuriken alien weapons.
1: Two whole ones and one that's been stuck in the wall and broken. Stuck in the the wall, maybe
0: petrified a little bit. Gotcha
1: it's yeah. it's crashed into a calcified face hugger and shattered it's itself stuck
0: on in one of them whale ribs or something
1: oh yes the whale rib the jurassic park moment of the yes. movie yeah that's really oh lordy it's something to behold people i hope we inspire you to go watch some of these yes things please so do it's on my talking. plex uh, yeah it is <laughs> we'll be opening plexbusters here in yes <laughs> what do you got bill what's your rating here i'm not far off and oddly enough for a film that i've kind of hammered on a little bit i would give this a solid three flying disc shurikens wow. i think it's it is a fun movie if you ignore the human parts it does it's cartoony it's campy it's not bloody enough to really do honor to either of these franchises or really not even scary enough but yeah the fight scenes that they put together are really good they're really really good it's a great visual look it's most of it's inside that temple which looks real exotic anyway you don't kind of think about the antarctic part of that movie so and these guys throw down then they throw down hard so for that alone i would take the other two ninja shurikens cleave out all the human parts of this movie (laughs) give the other three back and i'd watch it for one more day and that's my rating
0: oh i love it i love it we're, we're not too far off not too no, far off no you, and i think it makes sense given our our takes on these films and our approach to them but bill it's time to go dutch it's a part of us part of our listeners we meet together they give a little we give a little this time we've gotten a question and we're going to give an answer all right and today's question comes from dave in cleveland Ah. all right that's right down the street right
1: basically yeah i mean if we hadn't answered this dave could have brought it right down to the house and dropped it off
0: Uh, this is kind of a two-parter okay so uh, first part is do you have any go-to snacks for movies you know movie night right so i guess that could be at the theater or at home and then also, the other question is first, I, let me just read this. Hey guys, love the show. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on Alien versus Predator Requiem. Oh my
1: God. Okay. So, Dave, we a fan. can't wait to watch it for you, yeah. Dave.
0: I'm a big fan of pairing food with movies, whether that be at the theater or at home. What's your favorite pairing with a movie? And also, does that change during the ti- time of day? you watch a movie. So, I guess they're saying, like, do you ever watch movies at breakfast? And would you eat, like, scrambled it? I don't know. Regardless, Dave, appreciate you uh, enjoying this. Okay, so first of all, I love popcorn during a movie. Popcorn soda. I don't need to do much else unless I'm going to one of those theaters where they, like, serve you jumbo pretzels and whatnot. But if I am just doing your standard candy, popcorn sort of thing, I like to put Reese's Pieces in my bag of popcorn. Wow. So like every now and again, you get a little sweet with that salty. Now, I don't understand the second part of the question as much, probably because it was an afterthought. But Dave, I would say that if I'm watching a movie in the morning, I got to just have casual morning food. So just give me that bagel and schmear, you know, or maybe an egg sandwich. How about you, Bill? What are you up to? What are you thinking?
1: First, I love that you made a crossover food for a crossover movie. Exactly. Episode That was great. Yes. I also, love an egg sandwich. Well yeah. documented. And morning goes, don't, I'm, I'm guilty of watching a little YouTube in the morning at breakfast. Yeah. Not movies. I have don't have that kind of time in the morning. And mornings are for going to work and other kind of stuff. So it's very, very rare that I would ever watch a movie in the morning. But True. as for the rest of it, it's your standard answer. I, I am a popcorn and coke kind of guy. Of course, dieting lately, so Oh, aren't we all? Yeah, so but, you know, got to got to get healthier, get on that kind of thing. So, not really anything like but I will say I've, when I did go to the movies and I still do go to the movies, if I do want a candy treat, love a box of Goobers. Oh, Goobers. Goobers are my go-to candy for movie watching. Otherwise, Popcorn, no butter. Uh, no, I'm not a butter on the popcorn. Don't like soggy popcorn. Yeah. And that big old $87 bottle of big glass of Coke sitting there. In the, <laughs> it's obnoxiously me, pours into the movie theater seat that's too small now to put your arms.
0: Now, I've got to share with you the popcorn tale from the last time I went to the movies with my mother. Okay. So, mom, I love you. But you did a very mom thing when Mrs. Columbo and I went to the movies with you. First of all, this was like right before Omicron. So there's that like bubble of a month where people were like, hey, maybe I can go to the movies again or something. Uh-huh. Right. So a lot of people want to visit their family at this time. Like us. There was no one else in the theater but us. We went to see A Quiet Place Part 2. These people are just happy to be working. Right. Uh-huh. They, there's not a lot of people working. Glad to be collecting a paycheck. Sure. Let's not frustrate the people who are just trying to work their movie theater job right now.
1: They just wanting to tear their tickets. They just want to sell you some stuff.
0: Well, when you are a rewards member, apparently you get popcorn refills for free. But she doesn't want to leave the movie theater. So she'll just take... She'll get a giant popcorn... And then a, the, uh, cup holders, mm-hmm. like they're like four things and just mm-hmm. spills like half the popcorn into those, gives those to Mrs. Colombo and I, and then says, Hey, can I get the refill on my popcorn now? And this person's like, you can tell the, the high school, maybe actually probably more. Cause they are like the manager, but like, they're like, am I going to argue with this person over semantics and how you maybe just don't do it right in front of me? <laughs> or, or am I just going to fill up the popcorn bucket and say I do not care that much and luckily they did not care that much but it was one of those things where like you have to go mom I'll pay and just buy another popcorn like we don't have to go through like 10 minutes of like figuring out how each of us can have a coke carrying tray full of popcorn just to get the most popcorn possible also we could have all ate from the giant bucket of popcorn and had plenty of
1: popcorn. There was popcorn left over. Now, Rob, you know that that's not the point. She uh, had access to a free refill, and by God, um, she was going to get her money's worth. Well, hell I can't, yeah. I can't argue with that, I guess. How in the world you didn't walk into that movie theater with an extra purse full of popcorn? That's Why what there wasn't my garbage,
0: garbage bags brought
1: with us. Exactly this is yeah. a that is a total mom moment thank you thank you whoever works at the amc i'm gonna say your name is dave
0: yeah Cleveland. Dave,
1: this was you i'm yeah. gonna say the other dave was just <laughs> cool enough to go you know what lady this is your day and just yeah. let it ride i used to having this i got a mom too moment Yeah, Here's popcorn
0: you know and i love her love every moment my mom loves her movies Why the hell I'm not trying to yuck or yum It's just a definite mom moment where it's like, you could tell you, me, anyone else would be like, you know, I'll just buy the other popcorn. I just, it's just going to be easier and it'll get me out of this awkward scenario. But you know what, when I'm my mom's age and I'm at the movie theater, I bet I'll be doing the exact same thing.
1: It could be, you know what mom is like, she's like the predator and she's Hunter. (laughs) And she's hunting value Robs.
0: That is very true. And no matter who wins,
1: you get popcorn and nobody
0: true. well speaking of winning
1: well robs these two titanic forces have come together we were there for it we survived it we're out the other side we're one of the lucky few oh, Two
0: podcasters enter two podcasters leave Oh, we're cold bro- as hell.
1: <laughs> we broke the Thunderdome rules. We've crossed the streams <laughs> with another franchise. It's so hard just not to cross references when you're doing stuff like this, isn't it?
0: Hey, I mean, here's the thing. You started talking about uh, Best of the Best a couple episodes back, and I just it took everything inside me not to just start talking about like sidekicks and kickboxer. <laughs> and these are all movies, of course, we will. We'll go over in our fighting franchise in the future. Yeah, But Bill, until we get there, I think it's important that I read another question because um, here's the thing. Sometimes we just get flooded with letters and sometimes we will have read a letter in the past that has been recorded in the meat of the episode and sometimes we just need to keep reading letters so that we can keep up as they flow in you know we've got the email bill and robs at gmail.com which plenty of people have been using thank you we've got the hotline not as many voicemails coming in at this point just because we didn't release the voicemail right. until we launched the podcast but so we understand folks we do. but the few that are not questions and just congratulations you're doing a good job thank you the one person who called and just left a uh, raspberry noise no, thank you, but I appreciate <laughs> the effort there. Thanks for um,
1: being concise, though. Yes. I do appreciate you getting to the point.
0: Yes, you could have been much more harsh, and uh, you you weren't, so thank you. But, Bill, today's question comes from Oliver. Oliver doesn't say where they're from, Oh, but Oliver has this to say. Bill and Rob's, I'm writing you this because I am hoping... Yes, I am hoping that in your Predator series, you are going to be covering the Alien versus side of the Predator series as well. Well, you're in luck, Oliver. Have you seen all of the Alien movies, including the Prometheuses and then some? Now, Bill, I have to say, I have not. I have not seen all of the Alien movies. And what is it? Is there Prometheus? And then there's something else, right? Covenant yes alien covenant alien
1: covenant that is the only one i have not seen
0: oh interesting and that is the sort of uh if we were to have done the alien movies instead of the predator movies we would have had to start with prometheus because like as as we all know we've watched prey we started we're trying to do this as chronological as we can
1: yeah, right. this is very tricky because to answer some of these questions almost feels like we would launch into <laughs> the next series because I have some feelings about Prometheus. Oh, Bill, don't we all? I know, I know. So, But yeah, I've, I did see that one. Of course, I saw all the original ones. I didn't see Alien when it came out. That was... A little too much for young me to do so sure. i hooked up right around aliens but i backtracked pretty quick and then saw alien 3 and alien resurrection in real time which spoiler alert alien resurrection a lot of people don't like i kind of do maybe we'll talk about it someday hey
0: we'll get there you know what if people are clamoring for it i'll bump it up the list yeah maybe, maybe it'll be ahead of the planet of the apes movies that i keep I keep, it's almost like a dare to our
1: audience if we're going to do Planet of the Apes. You keep dangling that out like this, just wonderful little jewel to the audience. (laughs) So, hey, you know, if you want to tell us what to do, jump on that adventure line and put some stuff in there. This is the great way to do it. Is it going to be, are we going to go ape or are we going to go alien? What's it going to be? I love it.
0: Well, Bill, with that, I think I love a short, sweet question and answer segment. Oliver, I hope that was a good enough answer for you. If not, write in. We we'll give you a more detailed answer. We You're will. You're back to the bottom of the queue, but we'll get there. We're we're already we're recording so much ahead of time. You know it's going to be great. Uh, but Bill, let's run through a little bit of credits here, real quick. Um, we have to say. So first of all, let me back up. Let me let me just let me just beep beep beep. More than more than credits, we have to hit some call to actions, right? Because right. the biggest thing our friends can do is tell another friend tell one of their friends the hardest thing about hosting a podcast and getting it out into the open is breaking into other friend groups right so this is true so bill if you sent a podcast to your best friend from high school that that's i would never have crossed this person's path
1: right you would not have. And don't leave it to just that. I mean, I had my friend who I work with. He listened to our show. Uh, my fiance's brother listened to our show. It's just, they passed the word around. So these aren't people that you see every day. So I have other people I hadn't seen in a long time. The word's getting out. It's on the. I put it on my Facebook page. People are wow. interested because they just know me and they know the kind of stuff I like. So it's the best thing you can do for us is just get the word out because the more people that hear it the more people get involved and eventually much like these franchises rob and i will combine our forces and take over the world with it i mean you know something like that anyway
0: yeah and of course if you want to join in the community and just talk about these films and other pieces of media that are in the realm of what bill and i like to talk about you can join our discord it's the the link to all of this stuff is in the show notes. So just scroll on down, you'll find it. Technically, kind of like the show never stops if you join the at, Discord. It tap dances its way into oblivion, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um you can help us monetarily in a one-time tip, in a one-time little like here's this dollar bill, robin bill. Um and that's at our billandrobs.gumroad.com that link's down there too but here's the other thing Bill people can leave us a voicemail I alluded to it before you did. I talked about it and uh, we like to call that the adventure line there's a link to it or you can just pull up your rotary telephone and dial 213-545-6176 that's 213-545-6176 don't you like how like when you start saying it different?
1: You know? mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is that phone is located under an old mining station in the yeah. middle of the Arctic, and Rob has to take a ship there every time to answer that phone in person, go down a giant shaft, and then fight his way to pick up that phone. And he will and, do it to get your he, messages.
0: And riding back up the top of that shaft with the explosive tanks or whatever it takes it it doesn't get any easier
1: no honestly this adventure line costs us a lot of money it really really costs us a lot of money so
0: yeah so that one time non-subscription link is very helpful
1: yeah but it also shows exactly how much we want to hear from you because rob is willing to do that yes i and only me i'm
0: yeah i bear the burden of Every phone call, Bill. This is And true. that's just that that's a part of being a creator while the other creator is getting ready to get married. I get it, okay?
1: Hey, I'm jealous. You get all the cool phone calls.
0: I get it. It's okay. We we trade off once you're done with this wedding, but I'll tell you that right now. But
1: oh, well, wow. alrighty then.
0: I think now well then you get to wear the Rocketeer jetpack we've been waiting for when the phone goes to the moon. Oh, I mean um but Bill, we should uh We should now say some thank yous. We should give some credits, right? Yes. Um, The biggest thing is a big old thank you to Jothan. Jothan did our show art, the tile art, the podcast art, whatever you want to call it. He did a great job. We got to also thank Patrick. He helps edit these episodes, Bill.
1: Yes. Thank you, Patrick. You're doing a great job. We've got some tunes, don't we? Jamming tunes. Yeah. Now, who do we say thank you there? Well, we got to say thank you to the great Draxium and Dr. Z for laying down some real nice jams and audibly identifying this show for us. It rocks. Love it. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it so much. And there's a cowbell involved in the theme too. There cell. is a cowbell. And if you, you want to it. check out more of their work, they've got their Bandcamp sites. Links to all these wonderful people are in the show notes.
0: Yep, I'd like to also say thank you to Mrs. Columbo who has been doing QA checks on our episodes because, hey, we ain't perfect. And now we have a third party listening in and saying, you should talk more about the uh, drool coming from the victims of the Predator. And we come back in, we hop back in the studio and we're like, that drool.
1: Man, detailed drool. Never seen drool quite like that. How could we have missed it if not for the efforts of Mrs. Columbo knowing that she's there makes me feel a whole lot better about what we're doing.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So Bill, this has been another episode of Bill and Rob's an excellent adventure. Next week, we continue on the train of having a few xenomorphs in the film and uh, an entirely new setting for some reason.
1: I know. I don't know why, though, they didn't call it Mo Aliens, Mo Predators, but <laughs> I guess we'll talk about that next week.
0: <laughs> All right, buddy. I will talk to you then. See you, Robs.